The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Body Hood podcast last webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I don't even know what episode this is because we're shooting so much content these days. Um, but what I do want to say is for um, those out there watching, we appreciate all the support that we're getting. Um, it's 2020 and you guys are amazing. We're getting more support now. It's just growing and growing. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you hit the thumbs up button, share this content. If you're listening on um, any podcast platform, make sure you share, leave us a comment and all that. Um, before I move on further, introduce our guest. Uh, Core, what's going on? You all right? I'm good, man. How you feeling, Joe? Man, I can't complain, man. We see you in your uh, your mobile office right now, as usual, man. Everything good? <laughs> Everything is good, man. All right, listen, man. Um, this episode that we're about to bring you now, um, we have an amazing guest on. This guy is is doing phenomenal things in the Philadelphia within real estate. Um, uh, we've closed multiple deals together, so I've actually seen him in action and and and, and seen how he gets busy when it comes to this real estate game um, from Jay buys houses. We got my brother, Jalil Kinsey. Really Jay, how are you? Well, Jay buys fully, Jay buys Listen, I tell, I t- listen, you got 5011 LLC, man. You, <laughs> you, out here and you ain't leaving enough food for everybody else, man. You out here killing it. Jay, but how are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. I'm, I'm good. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen, um, we're gonna get right into it. Uh, like I said, you're in the Philadelphia area. Um, you know, you're, you're a master wholesaler. Um, how did you, well, where are you from? What part of Philly are you from? And um, what, what kind of schools did you go to coming up? I'm from North Philly originally, uh, what they're now trying to call Templetown. But, ah. you know, Yorktown area, you know, up around that way. Uh, actually, I know a, know a good buddy of yours. We all grew up in the same same neighborhood. Yeah, but shot the grew up in North Philly. Yeah. Your neighborhood's, got, to, uh, your neighborhood's got the rebrand already. I see it. It's, it's now exactly. Templetown. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I went, I went to uh, Gerard College, mm-hmm. high school, elementary school actually, second to twelfth grade. Went to Gerard College. From there, uh, went out of town. Went to Howard University. Spent a few years in D.C. Moved back to Philly. Uh, moved back in two thousand, nineteen eighty nine, just before two thousand, and been here ever since. You know, okay. settled down, raised a family. So. This How is where you, I am. I'm back. I, well, here's my question. Going back to Howard, what did you major in in Howard? I majored in business management. Um, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. And working for somebody else was never in my plans. Um, I really had no okay. direction. I just knew I wanted to be the boss. Or at least I didn't want to answer anybody. Let's let's say that. Okay. So how, how did you get into real estate? What pointed you towards real estate? I was actually in a in a different business uh, with with two friends of mine. Uh, we we did branded promotional products. That that was our business, and um, I actually bumped into a, a former friend of mine who was who was in my dorm freshman year, who just disappeared. Like he did the first semester and disappeared. And I bumped into him on a way to a client meeting, as a matter of fact, 
and he was suited and booted, you know, and, you know, I'm like, hey, we, you know, what you been up to? And he started telling me about real estate and all the things he was doing. So, of course, you know, I'm picking his brain. How do I get into it? And he just told me what everybody hears. Well, read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And once I read that book, it was really no turning back. You know, it was everything about real estate and passive income. That's, that's, that's all I knew. That's all I was thinking about at that time. So I slowly phased out of the business that I was in at the time and, you know, threw my hat into the real estate arena. Okay. And, and me and you have had like several conversations offline, right? Where you talk about, um, you know, how you like or dislike certain parts of this business, whether that's like landlording or whatever. And I know you've yeah. done that before and you've kind of like settled into this, this, this um, niche of, of, of the wholesaling and, and, you know, that's kind of your space now. And I will say this though. I talked to a lot of wholesalers. You have um, put a system in place that I think that's very impressive to the point where I know at one point you were using like um, a, a assistance all over the world and, and, and you kind of mm -hmm. like systematized wholesaling, which I thought was impressive, but how did you fall into wholesaling and what was it about being a landlord you disliked? Truth be told, my first couple of deals fell in my lap. Um, you know, I really thought I invented something new. But, um, you know, after talking <laughs> to other, other people, I mean, I can tell you that story, but I don't want to, you know. Let, let's just say my, my first couple of deals, I left the title company looking both ways. Like, I felt like I was stealing money. Like, it was so easy. It, it just couldn't be right. And I don't know what it says about me that I did it anyway, but we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, uh, I, I got into it just, um, you know, like I said, being active and a lot of people knowing what I do, a lot of leads will come my way, but not either everything didn't necessarily fit what I was looking for or I didn't have the money to pull it off. And I got tired of leaving money on the table, leaving leads on the table. So I, I just learned to pass them on to other people. And I actually found out afterwards that, you know, it was assigning or wholesaling, whatever label you, you, you want to give it. But once I figured out a way to do it consistently, that's kind of when my life changed. But before then, I was just accumulating rentals like anybody else, uh, doing the landlord thing. At one point, I had by myself, managing by myself, like 30 units. And it was overwhelming, to say the least. Like it was, I woke up one day and realized that I was a handyman. That was my job. I couldn't mm. even call myself an investor at that point. I was a handyman. Uh. And I just, I just... I, I didn't like it. Uh, so I, it, it, it was like, I, I compare it to, I always make this analogy. I always get lost in Jersey, right? I think everybody gets lost in Jersey. So yeah, I'm driving, I'm doing 80, trying to get somewhere, only to realize, damn, I missed my exit three miles back. So now I'm doing double the speed to get back to undo all the, you know, going in the wrong direction and then I get lost again. So I'm just constantly speeding around trying to undo all the damage. And I, I hate to refer to accumulating properties as damage, but as far as what it was doing in my life, my peace of mind, it, it was just too much. So I had to unload a lot of properties to kind of get to a point where I was comfortable and I had the time to do other things. I don't even yeah. know if I answered your question. I feel like I was No, just, no, you did. You no, did. No, no, that's perfect. It's perfect. And it's a lot of it's a lot of um a lot to go with with that because like um I had the experience, but not necessarily the same as yours. My experience was owning a lot of properties but being leveraged on all of them. 
That too. So what I learned was, uh, for me personally, is having 60 units doesn't mean nothing if you've got a mortgage on 60 units. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. So my experience, in run, uh, uh, to use your jersey analogy, I'm just going as fast as I can to try to accumulate as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Realizing that, you know, if I'm a little bit more strategic, I can have five or 10 units and make just as much as someone with 60 units that's leveraged to the hill. Like, you know what I mean? So I kind of went through it in that, yeah. in that regards, like just being more smart about how you buy as opposed to just buying because you can buy. My problem, my, my, in hindsight, my biggest problem, I was 25 when I bought my first property. I had no mentors. I had nobody to advise me. So I was basically doing what I saw other people doing, what I thought other people were doing without knowing that the inner details, how they manage the properties, how they leverage the properties. All I know is they bought properties and they managed them and they collected cash flow. So I'm doing that without a whole lot of detailed instruction, without the, the benefit of any help or system or management company. I'm, I'm just accumulating and, and it just became too much at a certain point. So just to be clear, I don't knock owning tons of properties and collecting the cash flow from it. It's just not for me. And, and that I believe is the biggest lesson that I've gotten from real estate. You have to do what's best for you. There are a million and one ways to make money in real estate. You have to do what's best for you and your lifestyle or your goals and peace of mind. I work very hard to be lazy and everything I do is geared towards that. How can I make the most money doing the least, being the laziest? And that's kind of where I'm at now. I like that. I work, I work hard to be yeah. lazy. I think, yeah, that's, that's I think that's the name of this episode, Corey. I work hard, yeah. to, I work hard to- Yeah, be, that's a bar. Like, no, I like that, like, I like that. But, <laughs> but the biggest gem yeah. in that is that you have to do what works for you. And that's even if you're not even in real estate, right? Yeah. So, because so, I, I was having this conversation yesterday as a, me and Corey uh, did someone else's podcast. I was saying, like some people are literally better off having a job. Having a job is not for everybody, but some people don't want the the responsibility of having to, uh, for lack of a better term, um, you know, eat what they kill. Some people yeah. ain't some people ain't built for that. So in exactly. life in general, in life in general, you got to do what works for you. You can't be worrying about what everybody else says is best or what's best for them Absolutely. because what's best for them may not be best for you. You know what I mean? And in real estate, there's so many ways to. I met a dude um last year um on a project I was doing, who has a million dollar appraisal business. He don't even own property. He's just collecting money doing appraisals. And he was breaking right. it down and showing me how he's getting paid on appraisal. This is within real estate. You mm -hmm. have people that make tons of money doing title work, people that make money doing flips, people that money doing wholesales, buying holds. Listen, real estate I, is amazing. I, I have a partner uh, who, who you, you'll be interviewing soon. He, he builds everything from the ground up. He's always rehabbing, done things from the ground up. I'm sure he makes way more money than me. Mm -hmm. That's not for me at this point in my life. Yeah. Now, at some point, I probably will graduate or, or move to that level and, and try that out. But as of right now, you know, I got two little kids. I got recitals in the middle of the day. And, and that's not an excuse. This is just what I like to do. But it's about it's about it's about lifestyle design, right? So yep. it's like when so, you read that book, the uh, four hour yeah. work week, what I took from that book was yeah. Just like lifestyle design, what works for you? How do you design your life so it works for you? Exactly. Right? You know and, uh, when I started out, I, I, I wanted to own everything. I wanted to own the city. But, you know, I was young, single. Now, no, nah, 
I'm 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 good. Just leave me alone. <laughs> weekend. You know, once I get in the house, take my shoes off. If I can't run it from my phone, I'd rather not do it. Yeah. As of right now. So Yeah. And that's the thing. You figured out you figured out your niche and, and what works for you. Um yeah. which is amazing. I met a guy um when I was in Australia last year. I met this this guy who uh who does flips, right? So he flips properties and he takes like a percentage of it, they do a next flip. And the rest of it, he puts in REITs and collects money yeah. passively and is making millions of dollars through REITs. And that, that like blew my mind because that's like the first time. I, but that just is just another idea of like, there's so much money in real estate, but there's so many different ways. So but the one thing I- other people's deals. Yeah, yeah. That's... But the one thing I can say about what you said, which was interesting is you didn't have a mentor or nothing, but you did something that a lot of people won't do, which is take action, right? So I have people who have literally been at like, I've been talking to for two decades. I'm going to get started. Haven't started anything. You mm. took action without a mentor, without anything 25 years old, just taking action. And although you felt like, you know, you made those mistakes, you learned so much along the way. I think that's more, I hate to say it this way, it was, it was just sheer ignorance. You know, when you're that young, you're invincible. You're not worried about. There are but, a lot you of weren't, but you weren't scared, though. Some people are scared. They won't do anything. They still, they'll keep reading books. Like, like I know I people that like, read, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some people will just keep reading books. I know, I know people that have read 6,000 books, but haven't done anything. I will say, well, again, a, a lot of that was, was ignorance on my part, not knowing how hard things can be. A lot of that was Robert Kiyosaki, man. He made it seem like it was so simple, you know, oversimplified mm-hmm. it. If, if I got to be honest, looking back on it, but um, yeah, you know, I, I and I was an entrepreneur prior to real estate, um, fresh, you know, while I was in college, after graduating college. So it wasn't exactly new to me. But um, yeah, I, I always encourage people to just, just do something. Just jump off the sidelines and do something. Even if, it's on, even if it's on a small scale, partner with somebody, put some money in. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just met with some people, with some, you know, novices, some beginners Friday. We're going to, you know, pool some money just to help them get their first deal and see how it goes. I'm always trying to help people, you know, just, just, just jump in. That's what I say. That's dope. Uh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then one thing I can say, like I saw, I've, I've, you're one of the only people I've seen who tried to like, so I know a lot of people who just wholesale, but you try to create a system. Mm-hmm. Um, and where did that come from? And, and, and uh, you know, how are you doing with that? Like, are you, is it, I'm pretty sure it's still a work in progress because you'll never have a, fully fine-tuned system. What made you take a step back? And like, let me just try to systematize this thing. Well, wholesaling is tough because, and I, and I think everybody falls into this trap. You get a deal, you, you get your first deal, and you're so excited and you want to see this thing succeed and get to the settlement table. All of your attention is there, making sure a title comes back clean, cleaning up issues on the title, following up with the title company, keeping your sellers and your buyers happy, but then you stop marketing and no more deals are coming in. So when you finally get to the settlement table and you get that check, it's like, oh man, I made this two, three, five, ten grand check, but nothing else is coming in. Your phone's not ringing because you neglected your marketing. So that was my first hurdle, how to keep the marketing going while I was straightening out deals. And then um, I went to a few workshops, seminars, a lot of you know YouTube University, and just learn how to basically separate the, the various aspects of my business, marketing, um, you know, follow up with, 
you know, title company, disposition, things like that. Um, you, you were actually part of that part, that, that progress. Uh, mm -hmm. You were, I dealt with you a lot on the disposition end of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of wholesalers will post their things on social media and I got this for sale, that for sale. I tried that once and it was very time consuming. You get a ton of people who will respond. They want to meet you at the property. I don't have time for that. My thought was to find a realtor who knows about investing and that, you know, I lucked up that happened to be you and you took care of that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I was still out there marketing and doing whatever I was doing, um, then, then that became too much. So, you know, all, all of my, uh, what, what do you call it? Data gathering all of my data. So then I farmed that out to someone using a, what we call a VA, a virtual assistant. Uh, it's very common in real estate. So my virtual assistants would gather the data. They would give me all the names and numbers. I would go after the people, get the properties under contract. I'd hand it off to you, for example. Mm -hmm. That was sort of my earliest system. Uh, pretty, pretty basic. And, you know, we'd be making the settlement and yeah, I, I just I just found it interesting because like like in dealing with a lot of investors, like you were one of the ones I saw who were actively trying to systematize things, which is it was which was amazing to me because like I said, I've dealt with wholesalers and they're just running so hard they've never take time to try to figure out how to like drop those pieces off, and I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and that also to me is what separated someone who's just a wholesaler from someone who has a wholesale business. Running the business, correct. Yeah, I, I think when you start out, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, I can't speak for everyone, but when you first start out, the biggest hurdle is proof of concept. You want to get out there and prove to yourself and others that this actually works. And when you actually make some money, you know, we maybe it's not the most money, so we want to keep it all for ourselves. We don't want to pay anybody to do anything. But as things ramp up, you realize that the only way to grow, you have to hire somebody or farm some things out. That's, that's really the only way. Otherwise I'm going to end up being swallowed whole by another business, just like I was when I had 30 something units, you know, so you. it yeah. was out of necessity. Man, that's, that's, that's a gem right there, man, because people uh, try to do everything themselves and you can't do everything yourself. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, but I understand it. I understand it though. I understand it. Cause like, there's a thing with, um, it's a thing with trust, but also you try to keep as much as you can. Um, and I see a lot of uh, people, especially landlords who get to a certain like unit count or whatever, and they probably should have a property manager, but they don't want to do that because they don't want to pay that fee. <laughs> but they, if that's how you get burnout though. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I did try a lot of, uh, management companies. It, it just didn't work out for me. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to bad mouth management companies, but I do find that the only way to have a good management company is to start your own. That's just my opinion. Okay. The only people who really use management companies are out of town investors or people who don't know any better. Mm -hmm. I think people would do better to hire someone, essentially starting your own, hire someone to, to, to do certain things. Um, hopefully you got somebody who you trust, relative, friend, someone. But yeah, I, I made that mistake. I did it all. I have... To this day, even though I don't manage nearly as many properties, I still have a ton of keys in my car. Yeah. Um, still got a ton of papers in my back seat. I mean, you know, it, yeah. the car is still my office. I still get a little overwhelmed at times, but it's much more manageable. I'm down to my most highest performing units and I don't, I don't waste time with the, uh, with the ones that, that were bringing me down. Got you. 
Well, let me ask you a question. Throughout this journey, um, what has been your biggest hurdle? If you say out of all the things that you experienced in running so fast, what was like your biggest hurdle or your biggest learning experience? Something that people could listen and say, okay, I, I could see that or take something from us. So what has been your biggest hurdle or learning experience? My biggest hurdle was figuring out, and it's going to sound kind of vague, and I, I hope you get what I'm saying. My biggest hurdle has been figuring out what works for me and not getting caught up in what they call the shiny, shiny object syndrome. So for example, I say, hey, I'm going to buy single family houses in West Philly, for example. But then I meet you and you say, yeah, well, I'm making money. I'm making a killing off of rooming houses down in South Philly. Years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah. Well, now I'm looking into rooming houses in South Philly, in addition to single families in, in West Philly. And then I talk to Corey and he tells me, well, listen, the real money is in laundromats. I say that because I actually had a laundromat once. You know, the real money is in laundromats. And now I'm chasing that and I'm all over the place with no focus. Not only no focus, I'm doing things that work for Corey. I'm doing things that work for Jimmy. It's driving me crazy. Even though it may be making me money, it's driving yeah. me crazy. You, oh, know? you don't have and, a temperament. Yeah. You don't have a temperament to do exactly what we're doing. Listen, exactly. listen, it's it's a Gemini, right? So Corey, Corey trades options. Like that's what he does full time. He trades options, right? And he taught me the options game between. Well, you know, I need, need to talk later, but <laughs> yeah, so we'll, between we'll between him and uh brother Jay Johnson, they taught me options. And I understand the skill set, but it's one of those things what you just said. I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah. Like sitting there watching it all day, like it's not for me. I like to have the skill set uh, to know how to do it or whatever. And I'll jump in once in the blue and try to do something. But I'm a long-term guy when it comes to the stock side of it. But that's interesting. You said that about like, you know, real estate. When you find out somebody, because it's how it is. Corey's like, yo, I just made several grand doing this. I'm, and I, you know, that's what it is. Oh, really? Like, you know, yeah. your house. Exactly. When, when you hear that, that? that money, how that money is being yeah, yeah, yeah. give it your attention. Oh you know? man, yeah. Oh man. So like that's that's a good that's a good piece of information right there. I appreciate you sharing that. So the uh, next question is this. Um, if you had to give advice to someone right now who hasn't started at all in, in terms of getting started in wholesaling or real estate investing, what would be the first thing you think they should do? Well, the first thing I always tell people is is education. It's always key. Read anything you can get your hands on. Subscribe to podcasts. There's a lot more information readily available and easily digestible than it was when I started. Um, you got podcasts, you got audio books. It's really not much of an excuse not to educate yourself nowadays. You can, you can multitask. I listen to things while I'm driving. Uh, join, join an association of some sort. Your, your local real estate association. That is key. And I did it briefly when I started out, but being the anti-social kind of person I am, I didn't <laughs> stick with it. I wish I did. I'm involved in a lot more groups now, just you know, meeting people. This is a this can be a lonely business. You're out here doing your thing all by yourself all day. You don't have people to bounce ideas off of. So it's good to be around other people with the same ideas, the same goals. Maybe, you know, maybe you just encourage each other. Maybe you I wouldn't say compare, but just kind of push each other to, to reach your goals. I, I think that's that's big. Trying to do yeah. it yourself, it, it can be very confusing. That's that's a, a quick way to end up in that shiny shiny object syndrome because you don't really have anybody to say, listen, don't waste your time with that. Don't, you know, stick to what you're doing. It's, it's working. Just be patient. Um, yeah, just having, having coworkers, if you will. 
Well, definitely education more so than anything else. Yeah, that's what oh, I okay. recommend. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a uh, a real great gem too. Because one thing about networking and meeting people, you find out you could do things that you had no idea were possible. Yeah. Right. Just in um talking to people that we've had on here, right, they've they've like I've learned a lot from you know you and other individuals. Like, oh, you could actually do that. Like, that's possible. So, mm-hmm. um, like you said, throwing ideas off each other, right? Um, I was reading this story yesterday. Ben Franklin back in the day and, and had started a club, literally just to have people to meet and throw ideas off each other. Like he started like the um the first think tank, but it was about yeah. how to make money. They would just get together and just like throw things at each other about the ways to do to, to capitalize. I mean, this is back in 1730. I was okay. like, man, that's a thing. Like they, he was like he did this back then. Mm-hmm. Started a club just to meet and literally exchange ideas about politics and business. So, yeah, it's been, that, going, that, on, it's been going on forever. That, that, that's a great idea. You know, I, I actually had a hard time. Well, obviously, had I stuck to the groups, the, the uh, trade associations that I was involved in, that would have helped. But I was actually trying to approach individuals who were who I saw that, that were doing it. Hey, you know, I, I know you have, you know, a handful of properties. How'd you get into that? And what I found, unfortunately, people weren't always sharing with, with, with their information. You know, I guess they feel like I'm going to become competition or I, I, I don't know what it was. They, you know, I came up the hard way, so you got to come up the hard way. Yeah. When you talk to individuals, they're not always the most forthcoming with information. But when you go to these these groups, these networking groups, that's all it's about. Just just like you were saying about uh, Ben Franklin, that, that's yeah. all it's there for. It's, it's a better environment. It's more yeah. conducive growth. So, and I, I, there are a lot of people like that, but then I find that um, there's people that are on the other side of that too. It's just a matter of finding those people, right? Because um, you're always going to have that. People, I remember people telling me and Corey, like, why are you doing this stuff for free? Like, you, when we used to do the actual things in the community, like, you're giving away stuff for free, you're creating competition. And I used to tell people, like, listen, first off, 90% of the people aren't going to take action anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the first thought. That's why I don't, I don't mind giving away them for free. Not people that, and then those that will, um, you network with them. This is 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 about yeah. operating, not operating from a point of scarcity, right? People feel like it's not enough. It's enough for everybody out here. Exactly. Yeah. People yeah. operating with in a full scarcity mode, like the, like Jim said. The reason why we do it for free is number one, and action is out there heavy. Mm-hmm. Most most people don't do a damn thing with the information you give. Yeah. So it ain't no, it ain't, you ain't creating no competition. You just create somebody that's smarter at doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> smarter at doing nothing. I, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do anything with it. So, and then the other end, like you said, is you, when you, when you build those networks and like you were saying, you, you, you have people to bounce ideas off of and you create a, a mentorship circle where it's not, you know, you know, you, you underneath me, but we is, is there's some equality in it where that person has a, a knowledge base that they can bring to the table and you have information that you can bring them and then everybody can eat. And, yeah. and, and, and most people don't think that it's enough for everybody to eat. Yeah. And I've, I, I, and that's the thing. I've seen people even <clears throat> bring me deals. Like, I don't have time for this right now, but you know, you show me this here. You want this? Like, mm-hmm. so it, it comes back to you, man. The more, the more that you give away for free, the more you get anyway. Listen, one of my, my, my very first, I guess, if you want to call it private money investor, came from that, that kind of thing. And he basically pulled me aside and said, listen, I, I like what you're doing. I don't have the time or the heart to do it. But I'll put up some money. You know, it was, it was a small amount. But, you know, he was my, he was my first 
investor. There and I gave him a decent return on his money. And you, you, you might end up meeting a partner. I met a guy just last week who said, you know, he didn't know how to talk to people. He didn't know how to, you know, he didn't know the ins and outs of the business, but he knew how to track anybody down. There you but go. Resource when you're trying Absolutely. to find properties. Absolutely. You know, we haven't done anything together yet, but hopefully we will. Like I said, I just met him last Thursday. So you, you never, and it was, a, it was at a networking event. As a matter of fact, it was a, it was like a beginner. It was a, like a beginning 101 kind of thing. Truth be told, I'm, it, the information being presented wasn't anything new to me. I was just there to network. And mm -hmm. sure enough, I met about three good people there. Um, he, he was one of them. And that again, so you, you know, taking action, taking action. Yeah. So, so listen, man, we appreciate you sharing all the information with it. What is the future of your business? What do you see as the future of your business? Because um, I heard you say, you mentioned that you possibly want to get into new construction. Is, is you know, that where you're headed right now? Or are you just going to, you know, what's your future? That is a ways off, quite honestly. Uh, in the immediate future, knowing what I know now, first thing I, I will probably do is build back up my portfolio with the proper support. That's that. That's going to be huge. I I need someone to basically run the day to day. I don't want to be bothered with it. So, got you. Um, got you. I'd also like to build up my wholesaling business. Right now, you know, we're we're not we're we're not the biggest wholesaler in Philadelphia. Not looking to be. Um, I do a decent amount of deals per month. That that you know sustains my lifestyle. I like to make that more i don't want to say automated let's just say more systemized i'm trying okay. to perfect my, my system so that i'm not as involved so between those two goals that that keeps me pretty busy i kind of want to build up both sides of that of that business okay so what i just took from that is more trying to be lazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fully systemized the wholesale piece but and, and systemized the, the the landlord piece so you Absolutely. can go, go do whatever you want to do God told, me, God told me a, a long time ago, if you can't step away from your business for a few days, you don't have a business. Your business has you. Yeah. The, the cash flow quadrant. You're, you're a self-employed yeah. business owner. There, there you go. And, you know, I, I've been a prisoner to, to my business. Hell, I mean, if you really want to be technical, as of right now, I'm still a prisoner to my business. It just so happens that it pays me enough that I can step away for a little while and, you know, Things not go to shit. I'm sorry. You. No, that's fine. I got it. Ah. That's fine. Man. We good. We good. But no, that's good. And that's a good piece of information because, like you said, you're doing several deals uh, per month, but you still feel like you can even more uh, put a system in place. So you just want to be able to walk away. And I like that because it's lifestyle design, right? Absolutely. That's what it's about. You trying to you're trying to design this lifestyle that you want, even though you reach a certain level of success. You want to. I like the word you use better. It sounds better than being lazy. So lifestyle is like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just stepped it up now. He, he yeah, went no, from but, no, but, working at, but working at being lazy was dope, though. You can no, keep it that. It is. Working that, at being listen, lazy, was, that's, that was that, dope. That's the name of this episode because that was powerful. Because a lot of people, that, like, that's what they want, but they don't know that's what they want. You know okay. what I mean? Like you talk to people a lot of times, like the reason they want to get into business is because they really don't want to work. You really don't even want to be in business. You don't want to work, right? But the, the people don't know how to communicate to that. It took me years to figure it out. Listen, I was, you, you and I have had this conversation. I'm just going yeah. to be, you know, the condensed version. I would buy properties. Uh, I, I, first of all, search for properties, find properties, negotiate the deals, 
go to settlement, and now I'm stuck managing these properties for years. And what I realized one day, I just looked up and realized one day, the only time I'm happy in that whole process is when I find the deal, like when I'm negotiating the deal, and we settle on it. Everything after that is just a chore. Everything <laughs> else is in the way. Yeah. And so it, 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 it occurred to me one day, what can I do or how can I spend my time only doing the part of it that I enjoy, which is making deals, selling deals, negotiating. Yeah. That's all I like doing. I don't like managing properties. And it just pushed me in the direction of wholesaling, you know. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's not for everybody. It's a hustle. It's a grind. It's hard work. It's simple work, but it's hard work. Gotcha. Um, so, like I said, it took me a while to figure out what my niche is, what works for me. But that's basically how I got there. Just kind of analyzing what I was doing with my days and what actually made me happy. So now, you know, I'm out here looking for deals. I'm negotiating deals. Not all of them work out but I'm still happy doing it because that's what I enjoy doing. That's what you enjoy so doing. That's what's happy in failure, I mean, shit, you know, the, the success part is easy. And I hate to sound like, like one of these multi-millionaire people who sound out of touch, but the money is not even that, that big a deal. It's what I'm doing that I get something out of. There's nothing like when I settle on a property or buy a property and somebody tells me how much I helped them. It took me a while to realize that. For a while, I felt like, you know, I'm just getting these properties cheap and I'm making money. That, that's all there is to it. But mm -hmm. I'm actually out here helping people, people going through all kinds of situations, uh, divorce, uh, death, trying to dispose of relatives, properties. There are all kinds of situations yeah. people go through. And if I can do that and I happen to make some money, I'm good. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's about for me. It well, just so happens that, that is lucrative. Yeah, listen, man, we appreciate you sharing all um, your story, um, all the information that you shared. Um, I know you said for 2020, you're trying to get you on Instagram, man, and share, to keep sharing more of your story. So um, when you finally do that, when you finally actually get on there, I know we're going to share your Facebook. I know you're on Facebook. You do a lot of stuff on Facebook, but I know you're trying to get you more on Instagram in 2020, and we're going to put that in there, whatever you create your page or whatever. Um, yeah, so maybe that's, I should add that as one of my goals, to be more sociable, to get out of there, get out more and and you know, network with the people instead of trying to do everything one at a time. Yeah, I need to, I need, I need to go on Instagram. I'm going to yeah. be on by week's end. You got my word. Got you, got you. Because here's the thing, though. Um, Like I said, we're on there, and but you, like I said, I, I, I can vouch for the fact that you're actually closing deals, you're doing things. So you sharing that and showing the people, man, that, that'll be powerful. I need to see that, man. But, Jay, um, again, thanks. Corey, before we got here, any questions you want to, anything you want to say before we got here, brother? Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for coming out. Uh, God bless <laughs> and good. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I, yeah. But anyway, Jay, man, like I said, put your uh, contact information there. Um, and anybody got a property you want to dispose of, you can hit Jay up too. But uh, listen, um, we appreciate you, man. And, and for those out there listening, make sure you share this uh, episode. Same way we share the ratchet content. We're trying to get you to share the positive content too. You know, nothing wrong with the ratchet content. We like that as well. But you got to, you know, have some sort of balance. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> you got to be more well-rounded. Um, <laughs> as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, man, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace.